0: Speak with Max Massoudafarkis. If I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. So goes a quote, commonly, if wrongly, attributed to Henry Ford, cited as a clever commentary on how true innovation is dreamed up by singular visionaries, not by the public. Well, in the case of the next great automotive innovation, the public has seen it coming for quite a while now. Autonomous vehicles, or AVs, have been portrayed in countless movies, from Minority Report to iRobot to even Herbie the Lovebug. But today they're no longer confined to the silver screen, but are fast coming for a city near you. My guest today is Bert Kaufman, and as the head of government and regulatory affairs at Amazon's autonomous vehicle arm, Zooks, He is in regular communication with government officials to help them understand the benefits that AVs hold for cities. He joins us today to describe how cities will transform when Zooks and other companies like it eventually help AVs to replace cars, much like when Henry Ford helped cars to replace horses. Stay tuned. CitySpeak is sponsored by Batoni Architects. Batoni Architects
1: is an industry-leading architectural and interior design practice rooted in L.A. With expertise in both mixed-use and infill development, their proven method empowers developers looking to navigate the complex building process while maintaining an impactful design sensibility. To learn more, visit Batoni Architects. That's B-I-T-T-O-N-I-Architects.com. Bert Kaufman, welcome to CitySpeak. Max,
0: thank you so much. It's really great to be here and great to see you. You have been a part of the Zook's team for running on six years now, seeing the company from all the way from stealth mode to its acquisition by Amazon to the present day. Tell us what it was like in the early days when the notion of autonomous vehicles was really just a notion. Did you ever question whether the idea would become reality?
1: So, wow, six years, right? It's gone by quickly. And then it's also seems like six years. I think what was always so unique about Zooks and what really struck me about it when I first met the company six years ago, and when I met the company, it was about a year and a half old. They were doing something radically different from what others who were developing autonomous or self-driving technology were doing, which was pretty unique. And even when I started looking into the technology, which was in... I would say 2014, when I went for my first ride in the Google self driving car, which happened to be a Lexus that they had converted. Willow put software on it and sensors on it, turned on autonomy. But everybody else in the field was basically taking a conventional car, retrofitting it with sensors and software, and calling it autonomous. And of course, like I thought that's how we were going to arrive to an autonomous future that it would be very incremental, take what we know, what we're familiar with. And a human would be able to sit behind a steering wheel and flip on autonomy, and that's what would happen. Lo and behold, Zooks had this radically different view, and that, like, this is not incremental to the automobile. This is a radical departure, as significant a departure as what happened when the internal combustion engine took us out of the age of the horse and carriage and into the age of the car. You know, the right solution at that moment in time, at the Turn of the 19th and the 20th century was not to both keep the horse and have an internal combustion engine, but it was to radically reimagine what that vehicle looked like. And so Zooks was very far out idea at the time, but they were onto something. And that is, you know, autonomous technology is, as I said, that radical departure from the car into what comes next. And that is a robotic vehicle that the sensors and the software. And the electric drivetrain would allow you to actually reimagine, go back to first principles and reimagine what people movers should look like. And that's what struck me about Zooks. It was very different. I had been working in government prior to joining Zooks, and I was looking at the future and wanting to join a very future facing company. So when I joined, not very many people were thinking about autonomous technology in the way that Zooks was. And yeah, the rest has been history. So from stealth mode, when the company just existed on the web as a black box, if you typed in Zooks, it would just be a rudimentary logo to raising a lot of capital through to new people coming and going from the company and through a pandemic and Amazon acquisition in 2020. So it's been a wild ride and and pretty amazing.
0: Autonomous vehicles, as you know, are poised to reshape just so many areas of the urban environment, and I want to explore as many as we can in our short time today. So let's start just with the most obvious, commuting, traffic, and public transit. As I see it, there are two schools of thought on this, one positive and one negative. The positive says that AVs will encourage ride sharing and thereby decrease congestion. The negative says that AVs will encourage private AV ownership, decimate public transit, and exacerbate traffic. Which view is right?
1: So as a representative of Zook's sitting here today, I'm really excited for what we're developing and for the technology that we're developing. I think this technology is a problem solver. And in my role as somebody who engages with policymakers and lawmakers and regulators, you always want to sort of start with, okay, what are the problems that you're trying to solve? And the three things that we focus on are around safety risks, congestion and pollution in dense urban environments. When people talk about autonomous technology, you really have to hone in and figure out exactly what they mean by it because it covers so much today, right? There's autonomous trucking, there's sidewalk delivery. There's factory robots. When I think about what we're working on at Zooks, it's the slice of the pie. And that is moving people from point A to point B in dense urban environments. Cities are where those problems are around safety risks, around congestion and around pollution. And I think that our solution to them can be pretty profound. So I'm really excited for what we're doing. I do get the views that it could lead to more vehicles potentially driving around But I think the way we envision our system, we can toggle the size of our fleet based on demand, and it can be demand sized. And when I think about what this is and what the future of autonomous mobility means for cities, at its core, it's dynamically reconfigurable mass transit, which is a pretty unique concept when you think about the fact that cities spend billions and billions of dollars building fixed transit. And if you can move some of that spend to other technologies or supporting other infrastructure over time, I think we can solve a lot of problems for cities. You look at safety risks. 31,720 people killed in car crashes in the first nine months of 2021. 12% higher than the first nine months of 2020. We're supposed to be driving a lot less because of the pandemic now, but you look at what's happening on our roadways and more people are getting injured, more people are getting killed. That should be unacceptable. This technology we know is not going to be distracted. It's not going to be drowsy. The human choices and errors that are responsible for the vast majority of car crashes today will go away. And that's not to say that from day one, we're going to solve all safety issues on our roadways. But this kind of technology will
0: usher in a step change in how we get around cities. I will just add that it's a common refrain among urban scholars and general citizens and urban dwellers that one of the cruelest aspects of urban life today is just that traffic fatalities are almost an ordinary even unremarkable occurrence and that just statistically anyone you know has known somebody at least within one degree who has been the victim of such and it seems to me that Zooks's view is that AVs can really move the needle on that. Absolutely. And I think you hit
1: the nail on something really important. You know, as a society, we tend to take these kinds of injuries and fatalities for granted. And we seem to be okay with the status quo. But pause and think about that for a moment. I mean, this is 100 people a day dying on our roadways in crashes that are preventable. And you also add in the costs of an internal combustion engine driving around cities, too, and sort of the health effects of carbon emissions in cities. Our vehicles are going to be battery electric. And, you know, we think we can offer a cleaner mode of transportation for people in cities, for riders, but also people
0: running and walking and being outside in cities. And so that's pretty profound as well. And I want to dive more into the environmental considerations. But before we do, I do think that there is a logical next topic after commuting and driving, and that is its close cousin, parking, another area where there's, I think, much promise for autonomous vehicles. The basic theory there is that as cars become self-driving, they can simply pick up and drop off passengers without the need to park, potentially freeing up all the urban land formally designated for parking. Do you think that this is an optimistic, realistic, or perhaps even an underestimate of the impact of autonomous vehicles on our parking landscape? The short answer is yes. The long answer is absolutely.
1: I think if you go back and look at the etymology of parking and the relationship of the word parking to cars, the origins really are around cities creating little parks for tree areas along streets. And then as the automobile came onto the scene in the early 1900s, those same areas were actually areas where automobiles were parked or stopped. And so the... Industry, lawmakers, regulators, policymakers basically converted the use of the term parking from like these mini parks that were supposed to dot cities into spaces for automobiles. And now, of course, we associate parking only with automobiles and cars. And yeah, I think in the age of autonomous mobility, and we are strong believers in the model at Zooks, where these vehicles are not to be individually owned, right? Cars today are overowned and underused what is it, 2.1 cars per the average American family. Most cars sit idle for 96% of their lives, right? People know these data points and these statistics. To not have these vehicles sitting idle and to have them optimized for moving people around and to transition from a parking mindset to a dwelling mindset, I think that's going to be pretty profound for how cities are able to reclaim land, to turn them back into actual maybe parks in cities where there are housing constraints to maybe repurpose some parking lots into housing. And so I think the ability to reimagine how land is used to think about what you transition a parking structure into in the age of autonomous mobility is pretty exciting. There's still a lot of work that has to go into perfecting the technology before we're able to get onto the second-order effects of actually having this kind of mobility opportunity available, but I love sort of closing my eyes and thinking about my street here in Washington, D.C. without cars parked on it.
0: The idea for little parks for trees immediately conjures a very small aspect of the potential environmental impacts of AVs. But of course, the promise is much greater than just that. Any discussion of automobiles immediately just brings to mind questions of sustainability and urban pollution. So let's talk now about the environment as you had initially hinted, will autonomous vehicles also help to advance environmental goals for cities? I think deployed properly,
1: and we have a pretty strong point of view of what that means, I think battery electric shared mobility will help cities reach their decarbonization and climate goals. I do think that deployed correctly, autonomous vehicles that are shared and battery electric will help cities reach their climate goals, will help cities decarbonize I think a lot of the conversation around electric vehicles doesn't move the needle far enough today. Policymakers still assume that every car is going to be individually owned. And we don't think that you need to have your own individually owned car. Maybe you go down from 2.1 cars for your family to one car if you need to go away on a longer trip on the weekend. But for those trips within cities where you're only going a couple miles, where you can request a ride on your phone, fully autonomous battery electric vehicle comes to pick you up where you are, takes you to where you want to go. Maybe you pick up somebody else along the way and it does that dance over the day and night across the city. Like that will be pretty profound for cities. And the founding idea of Zooks, as I said, is around solving problems for cities. And you even look at our name well, what's a Zooks? What does that name mean? The origin of the company. It comes from this idea, zoanthellae, which is a microscopic phytoplankton that lives in the ocean, gets its energy from the sun, helps coral reefs grow and become these beautiful, diverse ecosystems. And that analogy is what we want for cities. So it's what we imagine when we think about having Zooks vehicles helping people move from point A to point B in a city.
0: As the head of regulatory affairs for Zooks, I know that you've Played a large role in establishing relationships with not only just federal officials at the top level, but individual city and local officials in ensuring that Zooks can be deployed in a manner that is both expedient and safe and serves the residents of each city in which you will be operating. Take us into the room where you discuss the possibility of bringing Zooks to a city. What is it that you discuss with these officials as it concerns Zooks's possibilities for all of the topics we've talked about today? It's a great question. First
1: off, I've never met a mayor who doesn't want less safety, less mobility, less sustainable transportation, right? They all want more safety, more mobility, more sustainability. And that's what we offer. So that's really exciting. We explain, we tell our story about why we exist, why we're taking the approach that we're taking, and remind them that this is going to be a journey. I think a lot of city officials look at what happened to them or to cities if they were around in 2010 and 2011 when you had on-demand ride-sharing come onto the scene, when you had thousands of vehicles seemingly appear overnight. And they were matching riders and drivers. They were disrupting existing modes of getting people around. The onset of autonomous vehicles will happen a lot differently. City officials will be on notice that these vehicles, that these systems are coming. All city officials that we engage with are primed to not let what happened to them in 2011, 2010 happen again. But we do tell our story around offering more safety, more mobility, more sustainability reminding them that this is going to be a shallow ramp as opposed to a really steep curve in the early days, that we have to do a lot to validate the system, to map a city, to understand pickup and drop-off rhythms. And it's not just a company like us in partnership with a city, but I've always thought that developers, property developers, people who invest long-term in cities and building structures in cities are uniquely suited to help this technology enter a market because they do understand what it takes to build over the long-term. They take a long-term view on city life. They're involved in the community. They're involved in philanthropy. And so we try to work with a whole range of community stakeholders as we enter and explore a market. And so that's been really exciting. And mayors, they get things done, right? They like to harness new technology. They like to understand new technology. You know, they see it as a potential job creation opportunity. They want to harness new innovation. And they're generally pretty excited about it. At the same time, right, we also are prepared in one city, like they're going to be people that really, really want us here tomorrow. And then people are like, I don't want these things anywhere near me. And so as a company in our position, you've got to be prepared to engage with everybody and to listen to everybody and hear a lot of concerns. I think with this technology, what's gone unnoted is that it's been a pretty good news story in terms of how it's been tested in cities, right? There are always exceptions, but there are rules and regulations which we're expected to follow. There are licenses, which we have to get. There are insurance requirements, which we have to have. And so society has done a generally really good job of understanding what the technology is, understanding what the opportunity is, and then also like adequately managing risk.
0: We've spoken quite a bit today in the abstract about the implications of autonomous vehicles. So I'd like to spend the last two questions on Zooks today. And the first is, we mentioned this at the outset, that one of the most exciting developments in the life of Zooks was, of course, the acquisition by Amazon. And so I'm curious to ask you, even just personally, what has that relationship been like between Zooks and Amazon? And... It conjures, of course, notions of logistics. How has Amazon played a role in the development of Zooks since its acquisition? It's been
1: a pretty amazing partnership. You know, to have an organization, a company like Amazon, understand the vision of a small company like Zooks, to understand how it could serve the needs of future customers. You take an investor that is a patient investor and takes the long-term view right i think amazon is very very uniquely positioned in that realm the customer obsession is very real and that helps orient us and drive our work every day the leadership principles i think are really helpful in getting us oriented and organized and the scale right it's just like such a deep bench of talent and amazing people that are really ready to help you out and help you get to market to solve these problems around safety risks Congestion and pollution into dense urban environments. It's been, as I said, a pretty amazing partnership.
0: And to close today, let's just look into the future year, two years, whatever time horizon you think is appropriate. What is the outlook for Zooks in the coming future?
1: I get more excited about this technology every day. I have had the privilege of getting rides in every iteration of our vehicle that we have developed. I would say one other really significant milestone for us was the reveal of the vehicle that had been under wraps for so long that had been part of our stealth mode stealthiness that was a very closely held state secret that existed in a black box for a really long time. But to reveal that vehicle to the world at the very end of 2020 was pretty cool. So I think over the next couple of years, we are gonna be doing some interesting testing, continue that on our test courses that we have access to, we're going to creep out and do some testing on public roads as well. The biggest sort of gating factor for this technology is to ensure that it is safe, right? You don't want to put a piece of technology, especially that moves people, that interacts with people and not have it be safe. And so we are working day in and day out. Safety is foundational to what we're doing at Zoox. It's foundational to our mission we don't say safety is our top priority. That's kind of like a throwaway line. We say it's foundational to our mission. And that's what we're working on. But you'll see some really exciting things from us. There's a lot of hand-waving, I think, across the industry. With all due respect to our colleagues working on this technology, because everybody believes in the future of this technology, you know, slow and steady wins the race here. And we're really proud of our progress to date. I've been around the company for quite a while. We are as organized and as focused as we have ever been. We've been doing this now in this strange COVID time for the past two years where a lot of us are distributed, but we're still unified by this pretty amazing mission to bring safe, clean mobility to cities. And when we unlock it, it
0: will be pretty profound. Bert Kaufman, thanks so much for joining us. Max, thanks so much. It was a pleasure to talk to you today. Thanks for tuning in to CitySpeak with Max masuda CitySpeak is produced in partnership with Urbanized Media, with music and sound production by Greg Gordon-Smith and Source Code Creative Media. Be sure to visit urbanized.city, now featuring commercial real estate news in Atlanta, Austin, Chicago, Detroit, L.A., and New York.